your beliefs dictate your behaviors. What is it that you believe? That's the way you're going to behave. If, if, if you believe in your heart that something is right and Christ and the Bible say that it is absolutely wrong, your behaviors are going to show that you think that it is right and you're going to live as if it is right when it's not right. It's actually not okay. You can tell yourself something. If God didn't say it, chances are if you're not on the same page, you know who's wrong? We're wrong. Right? You know who wins that battle? God wins that battle every, every single time. Right? I wonder if, 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 if you have ever known somebody, maybe you've been in a conversation with somebody and, and you just walk away, you're like, I can't believe they actually believe that. Really? We know somebody like that, right? There's somebody in our life. We're like, you know, you really do believe some kind of some strange stuff. It's crazy. And, but see, your perception of, of truth and your perception of something being true, it doesn't make it true. It just makes it your perception of, of what it is. Just because you tell yourself or that somebody else tells you that something is true, it doesn't make it true. Just because you say it or because some other group says it, we learned last week that we have to go back to the source to find out truth. Now, if you have any small children with you here or online, I'm just going to let you know right now, you might want to cover their ears for a minute, okay? Just like, just go like that. So when I was a kid, there was a truth that I knew. Oh, I knew this truth. I would go to school and I would tell other kids about this truth. And I knew that when I went to sleep a few times a year, there was a strange lady with wings that was going to make her way into my bedroom at night and put her hand under my pillow without waking me up and take my tooth. And I never knew exactly why she was taking my tooth. I don't get it. I mean, what are you going to do with my tooth? Where are you taking it? But as a kid, I didn't care because this lady traded that tooth for money. That's what happened. It was, was that tooth gone, money is there. And we really didn't care too much as kids, right? There's money. And, and, but let me tell you something. If you would have asked me the very next morning, if somebody would have asked, hey, where did that money come from? I would have, I would have said, hey, this money came from the tooth fairy. Tooth fairy gave me this money. That was my perception of truth. Hold those ears, okay, right now. There is no tooth fairy. Okay, that's it. You can, you can let him listen now. The, the, that illustration is over, and, and it's okay. But that was my perception, because that's what, that's what I was told, right? But once, once I took that, once growing up, you take that back to the source, you can find out, is this true? Is this not true? Right? I mean, it, it's a great fun game that we play with kids, but is it true? But see, you see how you can believe in something, and in your mind it's true, but it's not true. And it's not. That's what happens when, when we fall into these lies that our world gives us about religion and about faith. And, and, and when they say, okay, here is a truth. Just because they say it's true, the word truth really can't hold its meaning anymore. 
The way that it, it used to, we used to know what was true. Well, it used to be people would automatically go to the source. We don't see that as much anymore. Absolute truth. There is an absolute truth. Our world likes to say, and we studied this last week, it's called relativism. They like to say, well, what's true to you might not be true to me, and what's true to you could be true to you, and, and, and there is no absolute truth. It's just whatever you want to be true can be true. And that's not true. It's, it's not. We, we can't go to the source. There has to be an absolute truth, because what you believe, remember, it dictates how you behave, and if your behavior, if your ultimate goal and your behavior is to be happy, that's what, if that's what you believe, and there are people who do, this world will tell you that your goal in life is to be happy. If you were to ask Gen Z right now, what is their goal? What is the most important thing in their life? What are they reaching for? They are reaching for happiness. That can, the number one, number two is not to have student loan debt. But happiness is a big deal to the next generation that is, that is coming up. This idea that, you know, God just wants you to be happy. Who's heard that? Or who has said that? You know, God just wants me to be happy. And, and so as long as I'm happy, then God's happy. And then God's happy with me. And then I'm okay. But if I'm not happy, then God's not happy. I'm not pleasing God if I'm not happy because he wants me to be happy. This is an absolute lie. There's no truth to that at all. But there are so many people in our world who will follow that and, and will say, yes, my happiness is what makes God happy with me. That's far from truth. I want to take you to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15, and I want you to see what we're looking at in, in happiness. This, this verse says, says this, but now you must be happy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is, wait, is happy. No? Okay, we're working on slides. That's not the way, that's not the way it reads. That's the way the world will read this. It really is, but that's not the way it reads. Let me read you the, the way that, that Peter wrote this. It says, but now you must be holy in everything you do because just, or just as God who chose you is holy. See, he asked us to be holy. He didn't ask us to be happy. He really, his, his commands are for us to be different. Different than the, the culture. He never commands us to be happy. If you are a Christian, if you are a, a believer in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, then you are what we would call sanctified. You are set apart. To be set apart is, is, to, be, is to be holy. That's what, you, that's what God did. He set apart. He is set apart. He sets us apart to be holy, to be separated from everything else that, that looks like you so that you could be used for a specific purpose. That's why he sets us apart. That's why he wants you holy, not happy. Everyone else can be happy. He's setting you apart for a specific purpose. In the tabernacle, there were utensils that were, 
that were used, utensils that were holy. They were not to be mixed with the other utensils at all. These were set apart for God. These were for a very specific reason, and they are holy. If you are a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, you are set apart. You are set apart to be holy. If you find yourself looking very, very similar to those around you, to a worldly community, then maybe you're not yet set far enough apart. Maybe we need to separate ourselves a little bit more from this world. See, we can ask God to separate us, but we've got a part in that too, don't we? we we've, we've got a responsibility. i got some fun facts for you. Are you ready for some fun facts? Fun facts make me happy, so I'm going to give you some, some, uh, some fun facts. Here we go. Nigeria is the happiest country in the world. Don't know how they come up with that fun fact, but it's a fact and it's fun. Nigeria, the happiest country in the world. Uh, United States, in case you're wondering, we rank 16th in the world. Americans, on average, are only 69% happy. So, 7 in 10 are happy. 14% of the world's nations on earth are less than 50% happy. It's a lot of people who are disappointed. The, the world's population, on average, is less than 65% happy. Americans earning more than $10 million every year are only slightly happier than the average American. Does money buy happiness? Not the folks that make over $10 million a year. They're not saying that it buys happiness because their happiness isn't rated much higher than everyone else's happiness. America's personal income has increased more than two and a half times over the last 50 years, but their happiness level has remained the same. It's not money. It's not what this world has or what this world provides. Did you see that, that how subjective happiness is? Something that is subjective can, can change. It could be different for you. It could be different for me. And, and happiness can be different for, for everyone, right? You can have your whatever it is that makes you happy. Something that is objective does not change. It is not changeable. It's, it's, it's not something that we can argue about because it is a fact. Truth is not subjective. Truth is objective. And you don't have to believe in the absolute truth given by God for it to be absolute truth. It's still absolute truth. God has given us his word, the most authoritative word that you're ever going to find, that you're ever going to come across. You're looking for truth? Come back to the source. We come back to the source of truth. I want you to write this down. This is point number one in your notes this morning. For those of you joining us for the first time, on the back of your bulletin, there's some fill-in-the-blanks, and I'm going to give those to you. They'll be up here on the screen as well. Point number one in your notes is this. When the bottom line is my happiness, happiness becomes the standard by which I judge my actions. I know this is a little bit longer than your normal points. There's a couple of fill-ins there. When the bottom line is my happiness, happiness becomes the standard by which I judge my actions. So let me ask, what are you planning on doing this afternoon? What are you planning on doing tomorrow? What, what, what kind of a job is it that you are after? What, where do you want to go to school? Who do, you, who do you want to spend time with? What group 
do you want to belong to in our world? What car do you want to drive? What lifestyle do you want to live? What, what kind of house do you want to live in? What type of a, of a family structure do you want in your home? And most of the times, we're going to answer these questions with things that make us happy. I want, or I'm working towards. Because why? Because I really feel that will make me happy. See, we don't have to to have the car that we want right now, but a lot of us have a goal, and just having that goal gives us hope. But see, I wonder if our hope is even in the wrong spot. If our, our hope for something that we want to achieve that we think is going to bring us happiness. See, not only is our happiness in the wrong spot, our hope is in the wrong spot. The majority of people in in our world, they, they feel that they will achieve happiness by putting in the hard work themselves. You know, I will be happy when I when I reach this particular uh, point in my job, when I get this promotion, and I'm going to work hard to get that promotion, I will be happy when I, when I find the right relationship, when I, you hear that? You hear the pronoun? When I. You know what happens when we say when I? We're actually putting ourselves in that, in that position to be the creator. I wonder if you can look back at things that you have created and say, everything that I have ever created is perfect. If you've ever seen me bake or cook anything, there's no way I can say that. No way at all. Some of you, have, some of you will say the same thing. That we don't create perfection, but we want to create our own happiness. That really doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? And here's the the thing, we we tell ourselves that once we reach these goals that we're going to be happy, but when we get there, what happens is that we move the goal. So we're not happy with this. Oh, now we want more. So we continue to reach, especially if you reach your goals and they're outside of God's direction for your life. Expect to find happiness outside of God's direction? No, that, that's, that's not going to happen. Let me, let me tell you a secret. You, if, if, you can't find, if you can't find it in Scripture, that's not God's direction for your life. If where you want to go that's going to make you happy, if you can't find it in God's Word, it's not His direction for you. There's some truth for you. Sometimes we say, yeah, this is where I want to go, and uh, God, I'm praying you're going to tag along with me. Ooh, we've got that backwards, right? We've got that way backwards. We, 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 we do that. And you, and you wonder where God wants you? Sometimes it's easier for us to realize where God doesn't want us than it is to realize where God does want us. Does that make any sense? Right? Sometimes we can recognize that really well. Come back with me. I'm in the book of Psalm. I'm in chapter 37, verse number 4. It says, Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desires. Wow, didn't I hear that in a Disney song one time? Isn't that where the little fairy flies around and something about desires? Okay, let me, I'm just, I'm going to be honest with you. Disney's not going to give you your heart's desires. Promise you. 
I know a lot of you have probably even been to Disneyland. There's people all over the world who have never been, been there. What Disneyland is going to give you is a lot of time waiting in lines. That's what they're going to give you, and some very expensive food. They'll give you that, a couple of, a couple of fun rides. But is this world going to give you your heart's desires? The world? The culture? Social media? <laughs> Celebrities in our culture? Are they going to give you your heart's desires? That flag or that banner that you walk behind, that group that you belong to, are they going to give you your heart's desires? None of them are going to be fulfilling. None of them are going to give you your heart's desires. Would it be fair to say that the one who made your heart knows what your heart's desires are and that he is ready and available to give you much more joy and happiness than you can ever think is possible? world didn't make your heart. world has no clue what's in your heart and what your desires are. The one who made your heart, he knows what's in your heart. Remember, we invited him to live here. He knows what's here, right? If you invite the world to live here, the world will move in for a little while until they don't really like you going to church anymore. But we invited God there. Not only will God provide you with more happiness than you can ever imagine, here's something that, that you may not have ever thought about. There are times, oh, this is deep, there are times when God does not want you to be happy. There are times when God does not want you to be happy. And I know that sounds strange coming from a pastor on a pulpit that, that God doesn't want you to be happy, but it's absolutely true. I want you to write this down. This is point number two in your notes this morning. God doesn't want you happy when it causes you to do something wrong, unwise, or sinful. God does not want you to be happy when it causes you to do something wrong, unwise, or sinful. Just because you want to do something doesn't make it right. And we could probably all look back at our lives and say, I've got plenty of examples of that. Just because we want to. We might want to do something. God doesn't want us to do it. Why does he not want us to do it? Well, because it's, it's sinful. Do we think that God is going to go out of his way to bless us and help us do something that is sinful? Whoa. No. That's not, that's not what God wants to do. And there's times that we actually pray to God, asking him to supply us with or to, to come along with us and to, to be with us and to bless places that we put ourselves, things that we want to do that are wrong, unwise, and, and sinful. Did, did we ever look at our sinful nature and the actions that we take that are knowingly sinful, whether we want to admit it or not, and did we ever sit back and realize that God does not want us happy in those situations? He's not here to provide happiness there. I wonder if there is an area of your life that you are fighting against God and you're fighting against him, trying to be happy, but you're fighting with something that is sinful or absolutely wrong. I wonder if we fight against God with things that God doesn't want us to have.
The answers are in his book. They are in his word. The, the, the answers to life's situations. And we've already discussed Jesus being the source of truth, absolute truth, which means your happiness is not the source of truth. If there's anything I want you to take away today, it's that. Your happiness is not the source of truth. And you cannot expect a right outcome from a wrong action. We tell ourselves it's okay. We know inside it's not okay. We do it anyways, expecting a positive outcome. It's not going to happen. God does not bless sinful behavior. Come with me to Proverbs chapter 14. I'm in verse number 12 says, there is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. There's a path in front of you, looks right, looks really inviting. It does. Everyone else is, everyone else is doing it. Yeah, you know what? I see this on TV all the time. The, the, there's shows that are dedicated to this. I, I'm, I'm on board. It looks right. It feels right. It, it makes me happy. It, it's something that I want to do. But did you ask God first? Did you ask God at all? Or are we kind of trying to keep God away from that area of our life, right? This is when we, uh, this is when we take a, an old dirty shirt and we throw it on top of our Bible that's on the nightstand so God can't see right? Somebody knows what I'm talking about. If you remember our priority list from the, from the last sermon series, God, with God being your number one priority, that means that God is an influence on everything else in your life. Influence on your family, influence on church, influence on work, influence on everything. Your self-care, that's what happens when God is number one. And your happiness is not the truth. Let me tell you something about my high school years. I was not the top of my class in high school. No, I wasn't. I know, shocking. I was not even in the top one half of my class in high school. I may have been at the top of the bottom 10, but that's about as close as I would have, as I would have gotten. Now, in my senior year, my favorite, my favorite period, it was third period. Because, well, I was supposed to be in this elective that they gave me. They put, me, they put an elective on my schedule of weightlifting. Yeah, uh-uh. What I found more enjoyable than that was getting out of second period, getting into my truck, inviting any friends who wanted to go, and we were going to the donut store for the next 45 minutes. And we, and we would go, it was at least three times a week. We were gone out to the donut shop. And... Then we would get back and, and I would go to fourth period, but all I had to do, here's the thing with that weightlifting class. By the way, if you're wondering what grade I got in weightlifting, I failed weightlifting. All you have to do is show up and pick up stuff. That's it. It doesn't even have to be heavy. Just pick up stuff and show up and you're going to, and you're going to pass the class. And I didn't do that. What I did, though, is I went with something else that made me happy. Could I have expected a positive outcome following something that is sinful? No. Now, I know some people would argue and they say, well, Pastor, um, I can't see anywhere in the Bible that says that not going to weightlifting class is a sin. Can't see that, so you're cool, you're okay. 
well, I wonder if there's something in the Bible that says, honor your father and mother and obey your father and mother. Yeah, neither of my parents knew that I was skipping third period and enjoying donuts and not picking up stuff and getting an A just for showing up and picking up stuff. See, God does not want you to be happy when it causes you to do something that is wrong, that is unwise, or is sinful. Here's the third point in your notes this morning. God doesn't want you to be happy when your happiness is only based on the things in this world. That's what you're basing your happiness on. That's, that's not his choice for you. He doesn't want you to be happy when it's only worldly things that you are after. There is nothing in this world that can provide you happiness that God is not involved in. Let me say that again. There is nothing, and there's nothing in this world that can bring you happiness that God is not involved in. If you're finding happiness from somewhere in something, true happiness, God's involved there somewhere. He is. But you're not going to find anything in this world that will sustain your happiness that he is not involved in. So what are the things of the world? Materialism, culture, society. Uh, certainly, we've talked about celebrities or, or, or any of man-made uh, lifestyles or groups that say, hey, come here and you're going to be happy. God doesn't want you to be happy there. God wants you to be happy with Him. You can only find so much happiness from worldly treasures one of the big reasons is, is because the world was not designed to make you happy. The world really doesn't care if you are happy. Now, the world is designed to make itself happy as a group. And if you do what they want you to do, if you walk that walk, they'll be happy with you for a time until you don't. Does the world care about you? Not as much as you might think that they do. And although this world wants to claim that they have made you into who you say you are, in fact, they did not make you. There's another truth. The world didn't make you who you are. You didn't make you who you are. God made you who you are. He knew you, who you are, before you were even in the womb. He's known you for so long. But we don't go to him for happiness, for what he has for us. So when we're trying to find happiness and fulfillment from this world, a place that doesn't care about you, you're not going to find it in the way that you are hoping to find it. It's not going to be there. I want you to see what John writes. I'm in 1 John chapter 2, verse number 15. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. I'm going to go back into the Old Testament. I'm in Psalm chapter, this is the first, the first verse of the book of Psalms. I'm in Psalm 1, verse 1 and 2. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. The joy that comes, see, it's twofold. One is staying away from things that aren't good for us. And two, even more joy, is meditating on God's Word. 
But you see that joy can even come by separating ourselves from things that are not healthy for us. And you may have heard me say this before. You cannot grow closer to Christ and closer to this world at the same time. It doesn't work. You cannot become a better Christian and become a better sinner at the same time. It doesn't work. That's not what we were designed to do. If your goal is happiness within the rules that you create, that's not going to happen. It's not. And even more, if your goal is to find truth within your own happiness, that's not going to happen either. It's not. Here's the fourth point in your notes this morning. It's this. God does not want you happy. He wants you blessed. God doesn't want you happy. He wants you blessed. God actually wants you to be more than happy. He wants you to be blessed. He wants your cup to be overflowing. But let me tell you something about God and His blessings upon you. That He is not going to bless areas of your life where you are living in disobedience to Him. He's not offering blessings there. Do you think that He's going to, to, to give us blessings in that area of our life that we still haven't given to Him? No. That's not what He's here for. That's not, that's not what He does. He blesses us because He's in a relationship with us. Which one do you think God wants you to have more of? The happiness that you create or the blessings that He gives? God wants you to have the blessings that He gives. And it's amazing that he already has answered this question in the word for us. I can do an entire sermon series on what it means to be happy. But if you're looking for happiness, God's already provided that for you. Every other way that you are trying to find happiness that does not include God is not going to bring you true happiness and joy. I'm going to take you to John 16. Verse number 23. And I'm going to wrap up with this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, right? He is the truth. You will ask the Father directly and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done that before. Ask using my name and you will receive. And you will have, watch this, abundant joy. Jesus says, I tell you the truth tells you the truth. He is the truth. He's not going to lie to you. He's the source of truth. And I love this part. He says, ask in my name. And yeah, God provides, God grants requests that meet his will, but he's going to provide you abundant joy. Wow. I wonder if that's anything more than we have ever been looking for. We were looking for happiness. And God provides abundant joy? Find me something worldly that has brought your life abundant, unending joy that doesn't stop. Well, we haven't found it yet. We may have been spending all of our years looking in the wrong places for it. God's got it. 
and He provides it, this world's not going to like it when, when you say, you know what, I found it. And I'm giving my life to Christ because He has the happiness that I've been looking for. They will. They're going to mock you. They're going to hate you. Jesus tells us that. We know that going in. This world only has one weapon against you. One weapon. And it's shame. You watch television, you go on Twitter, you look, Christians are being shamed all the time. You know, shame on you for thinking this. Shame on you for, for having this mentality. Shame on... You know what? If you're, not, if you're not ashamed, you've got nothing to worry about because they don't have any weapons anymore. Amen? God doesn't want you to be happy. He wants you to be blessed. You see that difference? You see that? This world is going to turn their back on you. God won't. And let me tell you something. Even though you might think so, you might think it's the truth, God's never turned His back on you. There's been a time when you thought He did, huh? There's been a time when you looked and when you couldn't find Him. It's not that He wasn't there. And He didn't turn His back on you. But I promise you, you could probably look at a time in your life when you thought the world turned its back on you and it probably absolutely did. God never did. God can't bring you happiness if you are asking for happiness from someone or something else. Where are you asking for your happiness from? Where are you asking for your joy to come from? See, this world will bring you a temporary joy. It will. It's got it. It doesn't have a long-term joy. It changes. It changes all the time. God has a happiness, and even more than that, an abundant joy that He wants to provide for you. People say, I'm a good person. God just wants me to be happy. It's true-ish. Found in one place, amen. Will you pray with me.